0: Shooting it raw?
1: Yes. Shooting it raw. Basically, uh, all these photographies, specifically um, the ones that talk about, um, that shows, pictures, nature, you know, it's uh, like a reflection of my interest in life, basically how I see life. There's one with a scenery, and um, if you look closer, you would see uh, that there is some form of chemical plan on the corner left. And um, that chemical plan made me a bit question, you know, what is the relationship today between man and environment? So what are some of the impact that human beings, you know, have today to our environment, natural environment? So we are a world that evolves over time but then the biggest question always remains you know so how can we evolve it at the same time as preserving our natural environment you know and i uh, also reflect on uh, many other aspects like youth engagement which is very much a concept that i'm interested in i've been working for different development organizations um specifically in africa in ghana so where we had to, you know, bring pragmatic development to different communities, and um, communities living in rural areas are some of the most vulnerable today, and um, I think underestimated as well, you know, because we used to t- to to believe that there is this, you know, big transition that is going on, you know, and. Uh, big cities, you know, have the most of opportunities and that kind of focus actually makes us forget about what the rural environment can provide, you know, and also what is the role of young people today. So yes, this is part of development. This is an aspect of development. So focusing on, you know, engaging in young people by, The leadership of young people, you know, and for the future of young people as well.
0: Lionel Louis-Gabriel Isombo. Is that like Lionel Louis-Gabriel Isombo, yes? Yes, that's it. Welcome to Shooting It Raw. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that, you know, we've made the connection almost around the world. Uh, You're now in, in London, yeah?
1: Yes, currently I live in London. It's been actually two years now since I left uh, Ghana to London.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Great. Great. So I'm super happy to have this conversation with you. Uh, I'll get to know you as we talk and you'll get to know me a little bit. And uh, really looking forward to, to, to seeing what you sent over because I think I was attracted to uh, the connection i saw was foreign policy and sustainable development specialist yeah. with green bee insights
1: yeah absolutely so green bee insight basically we had um i had this great passion you know of being that uh, activist not just you know for policymaking sphere but also in reality you know uh, looking more uh, broadly at what aspects of you know foreign policy can be useful for development today. So working for Greenpeace basically was basically a chance, you know, to connect with uh, a lot of people with diverse culture and experience. And for me, it was a big step as well to understand a bit more, you, mm-hmm. you know, what the world has to offer and also how I can bring out some, you know, innovative ideas when it comes to human welfare and environment.
0: Nice. Okay, so uh, let's go into your first photo.
1: What actually uh, inspires me the first photo is a scenery with a, you know, you see some form of um, natural in- environment there. And also, if you look at the corner left of it, you'll see that chemical plant there. So I remember it was taken last year, January, at uh, Lancaster Aqueduct. So it's a bit in the northwest of England. And um, I was so captivated about, you know, the, that scenery, about, you know, uh, the sunset and uh, also mm-hmm. the kind of relationship, you know, that human being has with environment in terms of activities, you know. So I, I kind of had that moment of reflection. Right. Yeah.
0: So, so let me describe it for the listener. Basically, it's, you know, you're shooting into, it's a low sun. And so it's a winter sun, and what you're looking at is is kind of river, roughly, and on the on the banks, it's very these trees kind of crawling in. the, the photo is quite um, high contrast, so because you're shooting into the sun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the The sky is very nice; there are few clouds. It looks like maybe you're shooting from a from a car or from a vehicle or from a train, like on a bridge or something. Yeah. Because the bottom is there's in the foreground there's uh out of focus i don't know if that's your hand or if that's the bottom of a windowsill and yeah as you say on the left a small little detail on the one hand there's this beautiful quiet scenery of a river with, with lots of woods and it's very flat yeah but on the other hand yeah you can just see this this factory so you can see the steam coming out of the uh, the of the chimneys and all this stuff. And you also see two and maybe more uh, power lines going from left to right, just essentially cutting through the landscape. Yeah,
1: yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, so so how, how in your mind does this frame how you want to talk about uh, your work?
1: So how does that relate? It uh, was actually the question that I had at that moment, the moment I took that photo on on the bridge. Of course, as you said earlier, I, I had I had a moment of um, reflection. You know, how I can engage more and more people. You know, and, and especially the people that I that I'm in touch with on on a daily basis, my clients, into thinking. You know, about the relationship between environment, social activities, and also how they govern their own activities, it, it was re- very much important, you know, for me to think about that and to break it down for my clients in a way that they can understand through writings. You know, sometimes I write I write different pieces, are uh, the article pieces that I can read and uh, feed on and understand a little more. What are some of the importance into considering? how we live, you know, how we connect to the environment.
0: So what brought you to the UK from, you said Uganda, right? No, it's Ghana, actually. Ghana, sorry, yeah. sorry, Ghana. Ghana. <laughs> so what brought you to the UK from Ghana? Sorry, this is in my, my my apologies. But so what, was it for school? Was it for work?
1: Well, first of all, it was for school because I had, to be honest with you, I had that opportunity from Ghana already. I was completing my bachelor's degree at a British university in Ghana and and it's it's called Lancaster University. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, I was really very much interested into knowing more about what the world has to offer, you know, instead of just staying in my own bubble, you know. Then I decided to travel to the UK because of, you know, scholarship opportunities. And then I've been to Lancaster University completing my master's. Mm. Yeah, in foreign policy and diplomacy over there.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, when I look at this photo, and I'm from Montreal, I grew up in Montreal, <laughs> and so I'm used to being in the more northern part of the world where the sun in the winter mm. is kind of low on the horizon. Mm. And so now so you've been a couple of years in the UK, and how is the environment... Because it's a, it's a pretty drastic change, right? So how... As an outsider, how does that shape your worldview and your understanding of be it sustainability or foreign policy or how you help your clients? I mean, what is the uniqueness that has shaped your your experience?
1: Well, I would say the the word that I have to to really utilize here is comparison, right? So I compare two environments. Right. Uh, you have the African this African environment and also, you know, this Western environment. So, you know, with regard to my interest, I look at how basically people connect with their environment, with their their environment, and in terms of healthcare, in terms of uh, natural uh, settings as well. So, you know, how cities are uh, built. And how Mm -hmm. nature's, you know, what, how much nature is important or, you know, to preserve for them. So when I look at that, I see as well more engagement into policy making for the environment by the people over here. But you see, again, this struggle when it comes to to African nation, but of course it's it's on the rise. You see, uh, 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 you know, a lot more policymakers today and also business persons who are trying to consider what the importance of environment is, you know, in, in the African settings. But again, there is a huge gap in into knowledge, into uh, literacy, you know, when it comes to climate change on, and, and all those kind of aspects. Um, So when it comes to the West and when it comes to Africa at the same time. So I think, yeah, we have to think a bit more about how we can engage people into that climate literacy, you know, in in order to mm
0: -hmm.
1: to advance and uh, much more efficient policies in the future.
0: This photo is... It's so simple and it's so, it's, I mean, it's really, okay. So it's basically a photograph of what looks like a lime tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's photographed at high noon and there is a lime or, or a very green orange sitting on uh, I'm assuming that's your hand. And I don't know if that's your hand. Maybe it's not. <laughs> and the, the bush is very small. It's not, it's not a full full blown tree. It's actually a very tiny, but that, but there's this really nice fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so what what is this, and what's the significance? Well, I
1: took that picture in 2019, and, and that was back in my country country of origin, which is Cameroon. Okay, and that was my father's hand. You know, basically he was holding a, ah. a, a citrus fruit. I think it was orange or something like that. And we were we we traveled from town to a rural area because uh one detail i have to mention is that in most african countries uh mostly sub-saharan african countries you know a lot more people come from rural areas so uh they bring mm-hmm. they us to town so we went there and we went to our agrarian plantation field we went there and uh he was just showing me various various products that he's been you okay. know, working on uh, in in uh, to grow in our in our plantation field for quite some years. Now that I have been you know outside Cameroon, I've been in Ghana, but he said at that time okay. that this is where wealth comes from, the wealth of our family. Okay. So this photo mostly relates to to my own story, you know, my DNA uh i would say Mm -hmm. so in a sense that he talks about what is wealth what does a generation can leave to another in mostly Mm in the african context here so yes he talked to me about how much nature is important not only to preserve but also to exploit responsibly in order to bring the best out of humanity so that was always you, you know okay. um, some some kind of catchy sentence for him
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so here's the thing about the photo your father looks like he must be really big because the, the sapling or the the, the tree or the but it looks very young it looks very it doesn't look very tall at all yeah. and his hand looks very sizable um so how tall is he well, it was. Uh, I think it was uh, six five.
1: It was around six five. You're saying he was? Yeah, he okay, was. Well, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, he, okay, oh. he's
1: no more, but but he was. But uh, he, he. I am very sorry. Thank you very much, but he left us with well, your uh, apologies. Thank you. He left us with very good memories of you know of his um of his past. So uh, here, yes, you talked about this yeah, young yeah. tree, and uh, usually orange trees are not don't grow very you know, very fast in, in my a rural area, rural region, you know, so we have, you know, sometimes we find some fertilizer, but here you can see that it's still young. It's still a young quality yeah. tree that you see, but then still it, it shows, you know, a sign of, um, productivity, if that makes sense. So for sure, um, for sure. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you grew up in Cameroon and you see, you refer to a plantation. Yeah. And so... I'm assuming that or these are orchards or these are like, so a, a huge, how large of a space or how much land was your family relying on? Well,
1: I would say pretty big. Honestly, I'm not an, an expert in, in measurement of lands, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do believe that we, we had the um, very large portion of lands and I think we would be able to build normal size houses. Uh, about um, let's say twenty of them to fit them in that same mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know that same oh, agrarian wow. okay. field. Yes.
0: Okay. So okay. So you're, you're like exactly well, this whole idea of you're shaped by your environment. Yeah. And then your 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 professional life leads you to the United Kingdom, like to to, to England, yeah. which is a heavily heavily shaped.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is heavily kind of. Like the footprint of of humanity is is rather extensive, right? So, yeah. would you say that where you grew up was there a lot of wild spaces, or would you say that it was? How much has your perception or a- appreciation of human impact on on the the environment changed? Well,
1: I think what struck me, honestly, uh, when arriving in the, in the in the UK, and I very much appreciated the fact that communities were really, you know, really considered the environment, you know, as uh, sacred to preserve. The, you would see the difference into, uh, I would say one one aspect of it, and where I talk about one aspect of it, let's say waste management, you will be able to see it at, at different corners of streets, trashes disposed every, anywhere and anyhow, in mm-hmm. comparison to, you know, most Spaces, you know, in 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 Africa, and also the techniques to dispose of waste are kind of almost different. So, what is more common yeah. here is to uh, manage waste. We have uh, waste management services that come and then they put trash in the trucks and then they bring it to the to the factory and take care of the the disposal. But then in, Ar- in Africa, most of the time, you would see. People who can't afford that, can't afford to have a trash can home. And sometimes where, uh, you know, the management, the waste management service cannot reach. So what do they do at that time? So they take their waste and then they burn it. They burn it somewhere behind, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the backyard. So sure. that's what they do. And I think the fact that they so how much service can be provided here, you know, when it comes to waste management and being of the environment. Uh, I think it's not a matter of means necessarily financial means, but I think it's a matter of common sense and also good governance and education. So that is still some form of a gap, you know, in, in, in our history.
0: Right. But But to be fair, I think the more you travel around the idea of burning waste it's you know i've seen it in the middle east i've seen it across asia i've seen it i mean it's a bit of a luxury is it a luxury i don't know but it it seems to be like you think you have to be very mature kind of economy maybe to to be able to think also about waste processing so yeah let's tie it back to the photograph though on on some level how does the this image capture either your your motivation or capture your the fuel that you use to 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 do the work that you're doing? Well, it actually
1: fuels me a lot, and not only from my core, as I said earlier, like from a father to a son perspective about um, you know the environment. So, what does a father know about an environment that he can you know teach his son about his son?
0: Is, I don't know if the microphone, the, the, the socket or the jack isn't properly in or something, but when you're talking, there's a lot of static. Can you make sure the, the microphone is plugged in properly? And Okay. Is it better now? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. I just removed my headset. We are speaking across a vast territory. So yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't.
1: Hmm. So right, uh
0: okay, so back to the photograph.
1: Yes, back to the photograph. I think it's more of a father-son relationship. So what does a father transmit to his to his son? Basically as a knowledge. So what in his generation because we talked a lot about what he Uh, how, uh, you know, environment was managed in the past. It was a real long story, but uh, also how technology today uh, has given us the means to not just exploit the environment, but kind of preserve it better. But the problem is actually mostly the mindset. So basically the willingness, you know, to understand the importance of, Preserving our nature and also the uh, while, of course, exploiting it, but also the importance of um, considering an expansion of ideas, innovative ideas that can be useful for future generations who are going to exploit the environment. So that relation, that kind of relationship I had with my uh, with my father when we were, especially when we discussed about that on. Uh, on that field he, he definitely t- clicked into uh, my DNA and, uh, and I and I said to myself okay I have to find a way to link that to my policy decision or whatever research that I conduct and advice that I you know provide to different clients who are going to interact with that same environment and how it is going to be a more sustainable approach for them. So this is how it really kind of relates to, to my work.
0: Got it. Makes perfect sense. Fascinating. Lionel, great. Do you want to move to the next photo? Hey, yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, sweet. So it's a photo of three people. Everybody is mid-laughter. So I don't know if the photographer is really funny. (laughs) Just made the best joke. But everyone's laughing. I mean, super, super um, bright, huge expressions. It looks like you're while wearing this shirt. It's like your blue, I guess, blue shirt. You're outside. You're outside. The light isn't super harsh. Uh, You're in a bit of shade. The guy on the left is really muscular. Like he's like built. And then I I don't know which one you are. Everybody's wearing a shirt that says I think the Rep Foundation. Yes, the Rep Foundation. And okay, so what's this? What and what's so funny?
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, first of all, yes, the the, the photograph a photograph was uh, really funny, and uh, he kind of i I'm not, I don't remember the joke. He um he made, but uh, he made us <laughs> all laugh you know, at that time. And then he just took the sure. show. <laughs> it's um, great. It's great. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And, and the muscular guy on, on the right side, uh, that's me. That's not basically. you. That's me. <laughs> that's you? <laughs> <Yeah>. You're huge.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, what do you eat? You're massive. I, I, I used to gym a lot. You... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could say that again. I mean, you're like your bodybuilder, huge. <laughs> Look at your face. Aren't you? are you nice? <laughs> wow. Thank okay. You. Okay. So respect. Respect.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So uh, yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I the Rep Foundation basically it's a uh, non for profit uh, development organization based in Ghana. So, you know, because I started there, so I had to kind of get into the active life and. Genuinely contribute to uh, community development. So these organizations specifically focuses on uh, African African rural communities and their environment. But but the, okay. the the biggest strategy that is put forward is youth engagement. So that's why in this picture you see like we all young people. I think at that time we weren't even we weren't even. 30 years old yet, so we're still, in know, 20, okay. you know, and, you know, and more more of, of our teammates as well were even younger than us, so basically 17, 18 years old. So the big okay. idea, you know, of this photograph was to advertise the joy that young people had to have, to, uh, you know, in development, so focusing on development on elevating communities and is some form of empowerment that we are sharing with young people. So we are trying to tell them, you can do this for your community. So there are three aspects we focused on, healthcare, education, and economic advancement. So we kind of gathered different people from different field of studies or knowledge, you know, and into one group. That is capable to advance all those great criteria, but the, the the striking point here is that we are all young and we really want to do to make an effort, you know, to change the world and to help them considering the importance of the environmental leaf with, uh, within.
0: Right, right. Okay, so okay, so within that sphere, okay. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about youth is that every year that you do the work you get farther away from that baseline or whatever so for example i once went to this um youth conference for entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and there are about 30 or 40 people and then one of the exercises was okay everybody let's align everybody from oldest to youngest Mm -hmm. okay so it you know just as a kind of team building thing right we had people from all over the world and I was devastated and shocked to realize that I was the oldest person in the room. And I was like, what? You know, I, I was really stunned. And so this photograph was done in 2019, you say, yeah? Yes. Okay. So how about you talk about what you've realized since then in terms of your mission, your goals, the outreach to, to youth? What? How? How do you interpret that? That connection to this photo done, uh, you know, three years ago, mm. and now, and how much that's changed you. That was at that
1: moment, moment I took that picture, you know, that photo. I I really had to. I mean, I really had to re- reevaluate where I, you know how far I, I, I went, you know, before before even I take the picture, you know, and how far I want to go in the future. So if I want to see myself in, in the future. So, but then now that I'm looking back at this picture, I I see that I've really made, made a big jump because, um, mm-hmm. right, I was that type of person who wanted to know a lot of things, not just about, you know, international affairs and, you know politics, this kind of stuff, but also wanted to engage more into intersectional fields. So knowing a bit more about society as a whole, what makes people happy, right? So yeah, we think about young people today because we think about the population and the future that the Earth population uh, has. So we. Sometimes kind of tend to be worried about it, and at that time I took I took that picture. I was very much concerned about what kind of future we we going to we're going into, you know. But then I just realized that we are the one shaping the future, right? And today I'm glad to see that most of the people I interact with professionally are seeing some not just are not just influential when it comes to decision making process, but also they see some form of uh, values, you know, that I kind of uh, underestimated at first, but in me, in what I provide as I, as an idea to reconnect human beings with environment, you know, especially those who actually for, forgot about the, the, the importance of their environment, you know, preserving the environment and, of course, bringing out some innovative ideas. So I see... Okay, I see more more and more contribution oh. into what I do.
0: Okay, so, okay, given your education, given your exposure, your experience, life history, would you say that like in order to be able to reach a certain level of sustainable, sustainable like development within policy, that there has to be a certain economic, threshold that has to be crossed how much do you see uh the challenges of what's happening either back at home (laughs) or or like what what's the crossover that you see that i mean is it is it just an economic barrier or or education barrier policy barrier like how how do you attack that problem
1: well i think i think it's all about will because we if we have to speak about uh, to talk about education to talk about uh, economy and etc i think we all have the means but we are not willing enough to put into actions what we are what we all uh, deem to be essential so uh, some people, of course, are ignoring, You know, to some to, to some extent. So it's not something I, I want to. You know, I want people to think about pejor- pejoratively. But then, uh, mm-hmm. we can't necessarily know everything. But there are certain things that are important to know, especially when it comes to you know our relationship with with environment, right? And especially in a sustainable manner. So, if we are willing enough to care about the environment and beyond our own personal interest, then we can understand a bit more how we connect to the environment and how sustainable our development can be if we care about the environment. So this is the kind of perspective that I am bringing into every single step of my work. And uh, I'm glad to see that Okay. most businesses and policy makers have actually sold value, you know, understood that value and kind of now implement it at the same time.
0: Well, are you talking about in the UK or are you talking, I mean, do you only work out of the UK or do you go to like through your Green Bee Insights?
1: Well, yeah, Green Bee Insights, basically through it, that's a, a, a network that allows, you know, conversations between, you know, interested business persons and, but not only in the uk but also all over all over the world so uh my focus is more uh it's okay. more global you know than uh just national or you know just reach or just regional so i have clients basically that are based that interact with me from all over the world and you have some in in southeast asia and then you have uh most of them who are quite interested in investing in africa from uh, different western countries and even those who are actually investing in the UK themselves. So I think uh, that idea that I'm sharing doesn't just apply for an African context because when it comes to environment, it's still a development process, even if we are framed uh, today as uh, either developed or developing words. So this is much more important. Mm.
0: Okay. Uh, Do you want to move on to the next photo or do you want to stay on this one? Yeah, that's Because look, this photo is... it's so in the photograph it's so positive and it's so uh everybody's laughing and it's really great now how do you see your your character influenced because the work you're doing is actually uh upsetting it's de- it can be quite depressing it could be challenging so how do you see yourself like personally shaped personally i i think
1: i i'm not a uh you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I if I could talk to myself as an idealist or something like that. But the work that I do gives me joy because I see more and more people being interested. At first, I was very, I was very skeptical whether people will be interested, you know, into sustainable development, into policy. Because whenever I talk about that, people say politics is boring. You know, politics. Uh, it's you know knows little mm-hmm. about science, right. knows little about the environment, and is mostly self-centered. serves yeah. kind of like serves in itself. But I think it's um, just an idea that has shaped many different uh, policymakers over the, over the years and uh, over the you know the past decades, and in such a way that they don't consider certain aspects of things, but. Of course, I think it's all mm. about being humble, and then rediscovering, really sc- you know, what is the value of uh, politics itself or policymaking itself into bringing mm-hmm. or leading for sustainable development. So this is the bridge that I'm trying to, the intersection I'm trying to, you know, to to, to build, or let's say to contribute to. And I know many. People don't see that link, many people don't understand it yet. But once it is understood, wow. then they are able to implement it to dare and try. And when it works, they actually write about it and they are actually happy. So this is how sure I find my joy and I saw many people succeeding when applying it. And it makes me feel even happier and more encouraged to continue.
0: No, I completely I completely get that. So so I'm uh, just trying to understand your, your world. So, do you work mostly with the commercial sector? Do you work mostly with governments? Or are you kind of a bridge? What does, your, what, does, yeah, what, is, what does your scope normally look like?
1: Well, I work with, with everyone, basically uh, individuals, policymakers, uh, business persons. Even those who are, you know, scientists, but who still seeks, you know, this form of some form of understanding of uh, of uh, you know partisan sustainable development policies, uh, specifically, because I consider myself, as you said earlier, I consider myself as a bridge for all these this diversity of people, and because whatever we do, whether it's is it's mm. in one mm. sector or the other has an effect on the, you know the environment and the policies uh, that we make the activities that we run so at some point it's a, it's a circle it's a circle of of cause and effect that we see happening and repeating over and over so okay. Okay. because okay. i understood that i had to be that bridge and to be that bridge then i understood that i had to be that person who knows 360 a degree about not just my field, but also about any other field I can get in touch with to know a bit more and providing even more bridging uh, solutions.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. here, Here's okay. Now, this is going to be completely random, okay? Uh, and I'm just going to follow whatever tangent or whatever I have. Um, I'm always listening to people's voices and the way they speak and the choice of words and their intonation and some of your words are kind of accented with a kind of a British way of like a sort of an English accent uh some of them remind me of Quebec of a of an English speaker who has French as a basis so now excuse me if I'm completely ignorant but Cameroon do you speak French as well yeah of course
1: and uh just for let's say uh for a fact Cameroon is I think Cameroon and Canada are the only uh, French and English speaking countries, or bilingual speaking countries in the world. I, I suppose uh, it is officially, anyway. Yes. Yeah, so,
0: and isn't that funny that 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 I could hear you speak, and I think it sounds very familiar in terms of the French undertone. But, anyways, keep going, keep going. Sorry.
1: <laughs> but absolutely, you, you've got it right. Actually, I am from a French speaking background, so. My family, basically, with family I was raised into, I, uh, is uh, has French as a f- as first language, first official language, anyway. So French is also de facto my
0: okay.
1: uh, first language. So English is just like a second kind of language I had to, you know, kind of learn and um, uh, really deep dive into in in order to do whatever I'm doing today.
0: Right, right. Okay, okay. Look, I know that was uh, those was from left field, but listen, we're getting to know each other. Uh, veux-tu passer la prochaine photo? Uh, oui, bien sûr. Okay, <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and this, I love it. I, I let me describe it. Okay, so it's very lush. It's a uh, green. It's a. Uh, it's very pastoral. And there are two deer, there are two deer just kind of, just in the grasses that you can just barely see. And uh, it's a plane. Is this a photo taken back home or is this a, an image, I don't know, that you've gone, gotten through work?
1: Yeah, actually, it's, uh, it's you've described it really well. It's a photo that I took on my visit to Shy Hills Resource Reserve that is basically located in Ghana. Uh, Accra, so I uh, yeah I used to visit a lot of you know natural spaces uh, uh, in Ghana so because it's, they have absolutely gorgeous landscapes and yeah but this
0: place yeah it looks beautiful yeah
1: it it, 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 was, it was really beautiful it, it is actually a really beautiful place so I couldn't help but take that picture take that photo because I I thought about what is the meaning of nature in this your uh, aspect so just imagine for a second an environment that human beings have not been able to touch or to reach how does that look like so when i took that picture i, I kept staring at the the deers that were there and they also stare at us like uh who are you guys like what do you want from me <laughs> what are you doing over there so it is their own space actually that is completely uh, yep. uh, you know free of human beings so well it's not to say that I believe I believe that you know human beings have no place in in nature no on the contrary it's just to say that nature deserves its own space you know at some point and is part of the of a single ecosystem mm-hmm. so when it comes to uh, preservation snow like there are some animals that can't live with human beings, you know, very from very close, you know, uh, for a very close look. But then they need just some form of, you know, isolation, you know, in their own space, in their own environment, to kind of evolve. Sure. Or let's say to continue to live um, and preserve the nature in, in their own way. Okay.
0: Right. How do we tie these all all these things together? Like how how isolated are you for example being in the uk are there wild spaces that you can go into where there where you can get away from a reminder of of a human uh uh, imprint
1: yeah i I think here in the uk it's it's very much the parks actually and um and the different you know mountains that i've visited so far anyway that kind of reminds me of that green space that natural space natural environment you know that i that you can see on this picture, I think at some point, it shows that wherever we go, there is still nature, you know, and nature was something that was here millennials before even we appear on earth. I mean, I suppose that's it. (laughs) So, uh, Mm -hmm. we've kind of have to consider that we came into an environment and we evolve into an environment that is still the same you know that is still green and now it is disappearing Mm. a little more and for me whenever i look at this picture this photo i always think to myself that there is something we still don't understand about our connections with nature but we still need to preserve it okay even though don't understand it it's not a yeah. it's not a um a, a license to destroy basically because we ignore and we say okay we don't know right. or we know enough no it's always something we need to
0: discover every day mm. okay so here's the thing that you leave one context one environment to go study in a slightly different environment and then you leave that environment to go to completely new one in the UK. So then what is your feeling when you go back home and you look back after learning everything that you've learned, how, how alien do you ever feel? Or does that even happen?
1: <laughs> well, I think I, I no longer feel, you know, I don't, no longer feel, you know, the, the, the weight of one culture compared to another, because it, it kind of, kind uh, of intertwine. it's just. The, of course the different of environment right. that kind of reminds me that the other environment had something better because I always focus on the on, on what is better I don't really look much of what, you know what is worse and but some point I have to so what but mostly what can we do better that's the question that's the biggest question that comes to my mind what can mm-hmm. we do better in this environment uh, as compared to, uh, the other environment. Uh, let me give you an example. Recently, when I traveled to b- back to Ghana, then i I looked at the environment and I was thinking to myself, why can't we apply these uh, I mean a certain technique you know to preserve the environment where we live in and you know in comparison to to what I saw in the UK at some point. And I started questioning myself, mm-hmm. you know, if it was deeper. So what is needed? Is it money? Is it like minded people? Is it or uh, or is it uh, just better policies that we need, right? So but at the same time when I come back to the UK and then I look at the environment or maybe the relationship between uh, human and animals or human and, and plants and trees. I think as well that we should plant more trees <laughs> because maybe in Africa we have, yeah, of course, in yeah. natural world, but then we have more trees that we can plant even here.
0: Okay, Lionel, uh, thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time. This has been great. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Shooting it wrong? Yes. Shooting it wrong.